Welcome to Dr. What, Dr. Where, Stories of Rural Medicine. It's the podcast exploring what it's like to further your training and practice medicine in regional Victoria. As a specialty, intensive care is growing in regional areas. When patients need weeks of inpatient care, providing it close to home is the best scenario. As intensive care units around regional Victoria are growing, so too are the training and career opportunities. In this episode, you'll hear from doctors in Bendigo's ICU, where redevelopment of the hospital is enabling the health service to expand their capabilities. Dr. Georgie Jenkins is an intern at Bendigo Health. She says the time consultants take in assisting her with complex cases, as well as the interest they take in her longer-term career pathway, has been a tremendous experience. One of my first experiences at Bendigo Hospital was pretty special. It was my first day in Bendigo Health's ICU and it came up in conversation with the leading consultant on the ward round that I was interested in ICU long term. And he made it his first priority to pull me aside and over coffee chat with me about pathways to ICU, but also explore where my interest came from and whether there'd be other areas of medicine long term that would suit my preferences better, particularly with my interest in expedition medicine and retrieval medicine. And so he gave me some great advice on the alternatives being a GP pathway with specialties in emergency and anaesthetic medicine. And when I then found out I was at Bendigo Health uh, for my internship, that relationship continued and I'm now doing a study under his supervision. So that was another really special example of the consultants having a genuine interest in supporting the junior staff. Another moment that was very special to Bendigo Health, um, one of the interns arranged a mental health month and there was various activities over the month to support mental health and acknowledge burnout in junior doctors. And one of the most special moments of my career so far was sitting down after work and she'd organised a panel of senior doctors to come and chat with us about their experiences with mental health. And so over pizza and cupcakes, one of the ICU consultants and consultants from other areas sat down and chatted with us about their experiences with burnout and mental health and how they've gotten through it and offering their support throughout our careers as well. So... Yeah, that was a real highlight for me this year. It really brings the consultants down to a um, personal level and rather than being the big high seniors, they're sort of just people too. What made you think of intensive care medicine as a specialty? I've always loved the acute and serious. Ever since I first started lifeguarding at 15 years old, that's always really excited me. What particularly interests me about ICU that say I wouldn't experience so much in the emergency department is the ongoing care of each individual patient and the inclusion of their families in all of those complex conversations. You're really dealing with some acute and serious emergencies but as well as digging deep in both a physiological sense and also all of those other social factors that contribute so much to a patient's care. It'll be a lot different working in an ICU here in Bendigo compared to Melbourne. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose one thing about Bendigo's ICU is it's smaller than a lot of those in Melbourne. Um, But as a result, I've found as a junior doctor, the senior consultants, they 
you show some interest and they know you by name and they'll actively seek you out to offer you support and opportunities. I was particularly grateful this year. I applied for a critical care stream year for my second year as a junior doctor and I was unsuccessful but I was directly approached by one of the ICU consultants and he said hey bad luck on not getting this opportunity but why don't you come and have a chat with a few of the consultants and we can offer you advice on pathways from here and how we can best support you to maybe get it for the following year. So that was great I was nervous as anything going into the meeting but I arrived and sat down it was a casual half-hour chat more than anything where they offered me direct advice and answered any questions I had. So that was something very special to being a part of a smaller hospital. Yeah, that they sort of actively sought me out to give me that um, support and feedback. What's the support been like? You know, you've mentioned there's there's been a real, I guess, collegiate atmosphere uh, here at Bendigo Health, but what's the support been like when you've encountered uh, medical situations that are outside of your skill set or perhaps a bit more challenging? I've felt really fantastically supported at all times here at Bendigo Health. One particular situation that I was in just earlier this week, I was asked by the nurses to come and review a patient who was quite acutely unwell. I'm in respiratory distress. On arrival, I saw him really struggling and thought, well, this is potentially for escalation and asked the nurse to call a met call. Um, She then told me that this patient's goals of care didn't include met calls. My registrar was caught up in a code stroke at the time, so I wasn't particularly keen to disrupt him for advice. One of the other registrars, one of the more senior doctors, had knocked off about an hour earlier. And I thought, oh, I... I don't want to call a met call. I don't want to interrupt my registrar that's on. I'll give her a call and hopefully she won't mind. She didn't know the patient particularly well and in my stress I'm sure I didn't give a great explanation and handover. But nonetheless she could see that I was in a um, a bit of a stressful situation. She took about 10 minutes out of her day to chat with me and make sure that I was comfortable with the plan of care. And on top of that, about an hour after the event, she um, gave me another phone call and made sure that I was doing okay, um, not too stressed, and that the situation was all under control, which it was. What advice would you give to someone that's looking at studying medicine, perhaps in a regional setting or in intensive care medicine? Go for gold. I think the regional hospitals, regional and rural hospitals are a great place particularly to start as a junior doctor that increased support the inclusion of junior doctors and having the more senior doctors actively seek you out for opportunities be it advice for pathways of training or clinical opportunities I I think there's a lot that regional medicine has to offer and it's just usually a pretty fantastic culture to be a part of as well. Just like Georgie, Dr Bron Brown grew up in Bendigo. She's now an intensive care registrar at Bendigo Health, having spent a decade as a paramedic in Bendigo before becoming a doctor. Bron says the well-equipped intensive care unit is a major drawcard for her, along with all of the other perks of living in the country. I have always loved living here and really enjoyed the community. So when I decided to become a doctor 
I always intended to come back to Bendigo for my practice and at whatever stage of my career I've always returned to Bendigo if I've ever had to work away. What's been some of the things that's been really attractive to practicing here in Bendigo? Working here at Bendigo Health, the vibe and the culture is very supportive, it's very inclusive, it feels more like a team, family, friend environment more so than the culture in some of the bigger hospitals where it's definitely an us and them sort of a nature. So that's a real attraction to working here. Also, the community itself has the benefits of Melbourne without the traffic or the smog. Yeah, well, I guess it would be a a pretty short commute to the hospital. (laughs) Yeah, it's much nicer driving five minutes to work than 55. Yeah. Was crit care or ICU always on the cards for you? Yes, it was. I was always interested in critical care medicine. I previously worked in Bendigo here for 10 years as an emergency paramedic. So crit care's in it's in my blood. <laughs> I love it. Oh, what are what are some of the things that have that really attract you to it? I've really enjoyed the complexity and the problem solving involved in acutely unwell patients. The ambiguity of some of them and having to think through what's going on as well as managing acute crises at the same time appeals to my intellect and I think the madness in me as well. It's also very rewarding because you feel like you can make an immediate difference for someone who could potentially die otherwise. Having worked in Benigo over the years, you would have seen a a pretty big change in terms of the ICU unit here as part of the hospital rebuild. Yeah, it's definitely different. The facility itself is much larger, much more modern. The equipment's amazing. It's all brand new. And just seeing the expansion of the available care that we can provide has been really exciting. And also coupled with that, the opportunity to now train here, whereas previously in a smaller ICU setting, we may not have had as many trainees able to work here and train. So we know that we can now actually come here for our final year of training, which has never been available in the past. And I'm sure that's related to the fact that we've expanded the hospital and the ICU department. That opportunity to spend a larger portion of your later years training here, it'd give you a far better sense of what it's like practicing here. Mm, Definitely. In terms of the ICU training pathway here in Bendigo, hopefully we should be able to do at least half of it here and that includes the final year which is a transition between a registrar and a consultant so you really would be able to get the opportunity to practice being a consultant in the Bendigo ICU and that's really important because you'll understand what your lifestyle is going to be like as at the top of the food chain. There will be a necessity to go to a tertiary centre in a capital city uh, because We have a few specialties here that we don't have access to and that includes cardiothoracics, neuro and major trauma. All of the patients that we get here that need intervention in those sort of disciplines need to be shipped to Melbourne. Practising here, you won't get that experience apart from the initial stabilisation, which is always good in itself, but you then don't get to do the onward care after they've had those interventions. Here, on the other hand, not having the interventions for those sorts of specialties means that you actually do get to see them when they present because you're not fighting with some of the other trainees that are in the bigger tertiary hospitals 
that see that sort of thing all the time. You get to get in and get your hands dirty. So the training here is very hands-on and anyone who's sick, you get to do something with. The support's really good. The consultants are always available on the phone and if you phone them and say, I need you to come in, they will be there within 10 minutes. They will get out of bed, they will get dressed and they will drive straight here. They don't muck around and they don't question you either. They don't sit there and make you feel bad for calling them. They give you advice on the phone while they're getting ready and getting in the car. And they often stay late as well so that they're actually here in person to support you, especially if you've got some sick patients that you're trying to manage that just are that little bit trickier. The consultants here are very helpful and very supportive. So they're not just going to say, oh, it's five o'clock, I'm going home now, deal with it. They, they stay, they hang around, they give you a hand. Have you got any stories that you're willing to share about your time out here in Bendigo? Oh, how many have I got? <laughs> <laughs> the main ones are related to in the middle of the night when you've got a patient that's crashing on the ward and there's myself and one other registrar and we've got sick people everywhere the patient's crashing on the ward we've got to go and stabilize them we need to try and put all sorts of lines in them because they don't have any IV access they're trying to die in front of us and we ring the boss and we say holy moly this is what we've got (laughs) and we save them that's happened a few times and the feeling that we get at the time, the adrenaline's rushing and we're sitting there going, we've got so many things to do, what on earth are we going to do to help this patient? But at the end of it, we sit back and we go, oh, gee, that was awesome. <laughs> Alongside the hospital's redevelopment, Bendigo is building further healthcare capacity to serve as a major healthcare centre for the region. Here's Dr. Cameron Knott, the Deputy Director of the Intensive Care Unit at Bendigo Health. Uh, Bendigo is a new hospital now, so the hospital's about three years old, going into its fourth year this year, and it's basically a big city hospital now with a workflow in ICU that is at metropolitan level. It is a uh, department that's got 20 ICU beds and at the moment six of those are are fully open uh, which means we can have between 6 and 12 critically ill patients in our intensive care and we are effectively becoming a regional referral service for the northwest region of Victoria, the Loddon Mallee region. We have access to Halipad in the hospital so Melbourne specialised services are Uh, only a short helicopter, one-hour helicopter flight away. And this year we are working on opening our cardiology services to a 24-7 interventional catheter lab. We're working on our paediatric HDU. We're also developing our electronic patient record with a bigger focus on digital health and digital transformation of our workflow. The new hospital is really impressive in the sense that it does have a lot of infrastructure for uh, information technology, so it's effectively an NBN-type hospital. And we're still transitioning from the old Bendigo Hospital to the new, so there's always something new to do in terms of improving uh, how we work. But it's a really nice 
team environment with an increasingly complicated patient mix, ranging from toddlers all the way up to nonagenarians. Having those local capabilities would be a real boon to the community. You know, you've mentioned that the, the burden of travel can be pretty intense, particularly for chronic illnesses. Yeah, and we've got a big network of community-based services that people can access as part of going home from their critical illness stay or even just a general hospital stay. And we do find that there are people who do access healthcare more often than others. And also we do uh, worry about the people who have limited access because of the tyranny of distance that occurs in regional rural Australia. So having a regional capability is very important and we also are finding now that a lot of families and patients are saying we'd prefer to stay locally and I think they can see now that the hospital does have the capability to keep most people local. And looking at your own career, was intensive care always the, the plan? It's a great question. I think one of the things that I thought when I was a kid growing up in Ocean Grove in uh, Victoria near Geelong, I thought I'd work hard to get into medicine and I, I did. And my initial thought on my first year in medicine was I'd like to be a general surgeon. And then in my fourth year of my six year medical degree, I did an orthopedic program. I thought I was going to be an orthopedic surgeon. And then in my final year of medicine, uh, medical training, I realised that I really liked internal medicine or general medicine. And my rotations that I went through from uh, the Austin Hospital in Melbourne, I spent as an Austin Hospital intern two weeks at the Austin. My, the rest of my time was spent rotating through regional, rural and metropolitan services. A lot of people thought at the time that that was a crazy idea, but I really loved it because I got a lot more opportunity to be independent. I had many more opportunities to be um, supervised and I saw a large breadth of clinical work that um, often in big city hospitals would get siphoned off to specialised departments. So the generalism of regional practice was really um, important to me. And I think over the, the time I was increasingly attracted to uh, more parasurgical work, so the perioperative space, um, before that was really a, a word, and also the idea of being looking after really critically ill patients with, I suppose, working in social, complex socio-technical teams, getting the right stuff done for patients, but also still having the ability to have human touch where you're dealing with people in some of their worst situations. In intensive care, we deal with people who are on multi-organ support with the idea of helping them get better. If they can't recover, we look after them as they die. And in some really difficult circumstances, we also are involved in the central aspect of organ donation processes uh, and caring for families and patients during that. So we do really have a broad clinical mix. We also have a broad technical mix and we also have a really strong empathic communication background that we really work on in intensive care. And we really um, thrive on a collaborative interprofessional team approach where we try and involve teams who are treating the patient and trying to pull all of that information together to get the best outcome. So that's how I evolved into this space and I've been able to work in major hospitals in Australia and New Zealand as part of my training 
and we moved here four years ago with my wife as a GP and we've got a family of three and we found that it, we can still have a, an adequate mix of lots of interesting clinical work but also enough downtime to raise three children as they go through uh, their early, early years in schooling. Yeah, well, that lifestyle aspect seems to be a, a key consideration for a lot of people looking at rural medicine. What's that experience been like raising kids in the country? I think one of the things that's been fascinating to me is the children are often the access points to the community. And even if you don't have children, there are ways of getting involved in the community. There's lots of, if you just scratch under the surface or get involved in a, a local hobby group, uh, or in, for instance here in Bendigo, BE Bendigo, the local Chamber of Commerce, uh, getting involved in young professional groups. There's all sorts of opportunities, sporting groups, craft groups, singing groups, um, arts groups. So it's there if you go and find it. And we found Bendigo a really welcoming place after the initial process of head down trying to just make it work at work and establishing a house and so on the ability to buy a house live in a, a bigger place than what we could have in the city having space for the kids to run around the garden not having them grow up in the back of the, the car watching iPads but rather being out on trees and bikes and doing kids stuff that's been a really um, excellent thing for us and yeah, I think also Bendigo is a, a place where it's big enough to be a city but also small enough to still be a place where you feel community-minded and you still can feel connected. While intensive care medicine grows around regional Victoria, many complex cases are still the domain of tertiary metropolitan centres. Regional ICUs still play a role in these cases in the early stages as locals present with acute and complex health problems. Dr. Nadushi Talak Ramesh is a resident doing a critical care year at Bendigo Health. She says the cases which stretch the capability of what can be delivered in Bendigo are an excellent training opportunity. So when we do get patients that have, you know, something to do with the service gap, for example, we don't have a neurology service here. So if we were to get a patient who was having multiple seizures, or something neurological like that, we would do all we can at this centre to help them. But if it gets to a point where they would be better served at a tertiary centre or because we don't have a neurologist here, then we would eventually transfer them on. I think everyone kind of has to step up in that case because we don't have a neurologist that we can call up and say, can you come and see our patient? So everyone has to sort of gain that knowledge themselves and it's only when it gets too complex that we send them on but I think it's good because then you're forced to gain all this knowledge yourself and learn about all these gaps in your you know health service that need to be filled and you can somewhat fill them. How does gaining that knowledge affect not only your own career experience but the treatment of your patients? I mean it benefits both of us I guess. I mean it benefits us as staff because then we get to learn more about other conditions, how to manage them in the future. And then even when our patients go to Melbourne, we learn you know, what the Melbourne hospitals did and try to mimic that if it happens in the future and if we can mimic it. And then for patients, I think it's really good. Like obviously as a patient, I think it's 
best to stay close to home. Like it's easier on the families and the friends who are coming to visit. I think it's nicer for the patients to be somewhere that they know rather than being shipped off to some Melbourne hospital. So I think filling those gaps helps both of us in that way. Was intensive care medicine always something that you were looking at when you were studying? It was something that I first thought about when I was in my third year of medical school. We only did a week of ICU, so it wasn't that much. But when I did it in third year, I did it at Frankston Hospital and I really liked the feel of it and the complexity of the patients and the team was very nice as well. And then when I came to final year, I came to Bendigo and did a rotation here with the ICU team and I really loved it. They were very open to teaching. There was lots to learn. So I think through those experiences, ICU became something that I was interested in. And I think going through medical school, I never really loved one particular system of the body. I was never like, oh, I really love the cardiovascular system or I really love the renal system. I sort of liked everything a little bit, but not enough to totally focus on it. So ICU was a good option for me because you need to know a little bit of everything, not really particularly focusing on one thing. And I like the range of problems you get in ICU as well. What are some of the things that you've been able to do here as a junior doctor that you might not be able to do in Melbourne? So here, I feel like there's a lot more hands-on experience. Like even as a second year out of uni PGY2 doctor, I get to put in central lines, put in art lines, lots of procedural stuff like that. Um, I get to communicate with families, which is also very important. And then even outside of the job, there's heaps of opportunities for research. You know, if you want to get involved in teaching, that's also something you can look at. And I think in a regional hospital like this, because there are less junior doctors, there are more opportunities for things like that. And especially because we have the Monash and Melbourne Uni medical students here, there's you know, loads of opportunities for teaching them when they come on placement as well. Are there any stories from the time you've been here in Bendigo that you'd be willing to discuss? I think in ICU I've been seeing things that I didn't even think I would see. Like we had a patient who had like a pulmonary embolism, so a clot in the lungs, and it was a massive saddle one, which is very, it can be fatal. And she got transferred from a chuka and came to us. And it's something I'd only really heard about in medical school, but never really saw. But yeah, it was really interesting to see how we managed her. And then I think each patient for me, like the medical story is interesting, but I like the social aspect of it as well. Like seeing what they do for a job, who their family is, and like how that all ties in. Like we have a patient at the moment and she essentially came in with extreme lethargy and muscle aches and was sort of undiagnosed and previously very healthy and she's come to us still undiagnosed so she's somewhat of a diagnostic dilemma but it was just interesting to hear her story and she previously worked full-time she has two kids she's never been sick before and just seeing sort of the more human aspect of the disease rather than just seeing you know this is a 50 year old lady who's presented with this 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 so I think ICU has been really good for that because there is obviously that intense side of medicine where you're putting in lines and monitoring this that and everything else but the other aspect is 
talking to the families and telling them and seeing how they're feeling about everything. And I think also in ICU, I mean, I've only been there for the last few months, but I mean, you see children who come in and get better and you see that family like rejoice when their child is eating and drinking again. And then on the other aspect of things, you see patients who come in and deteriorate and then the next moment you're discussing organ donation with them. And then, I mean, you still see the families like happy to donate the organs and it's just such a variety of stuff. I personally like to see even when they leave the ICU, when they go to the wards, how they're doing because you'll have a patient in ICU who had a tube down their throat, wasn't talking, wasn't doing anything and then a few weeks down the track you see them on the rehab ward walking around and talking and, and it's pretty amazing. If there was someone looking at becoming a, a doctor, perhaps in a rural setting, mm. is there any advice you would give someone in that position? I would say if you're interested in rural medicine, definitely try it out in medical school. I think that's a you know, great opportunity to try it and you're not committing for very long and you can see you know, if you like it. And if you do, I would definitely encourage you to go for it. I think there's a lot of pressure in medical school to stay metro and I definitely felt that pressure as well, you know, to go to one of the big four hospitals in Melbourne and go to a tertiary centre and it's, you know, that's sort of the top place to be. But no, I think if, if they're considering rural, they should definitely do it. It can be scary because there's less staff here and you're exposed to more things. But I think overall it makes you a better doctor in the end. And everyone here... Like, no one expects you to be amazing. Everyone knows you're just learning and they're all very supportive and they'll really get to know you and help you, you know, get where you want to go. Thanks to our guests for taking the time to discuss their work and thank you for listening. You can find out more about the study and training opportunities in intensive care across regional Victoria by visiting monash.edu forward slash medicine forward slash srh this episode was part of a series of conversations with doctors in regional victoria there's more episodes available including an episode about emergency medicine looking at different emergency departments in regional victoria find us on your podcast app of choice and if you're enjoying the series so far give us a five-star rating too it helps us reach more people looking at a career in rural medicine the Northwest Victoria and Gippsland Regional Training Hubs have commissioned this podcast to help medical students and junior doctors learn more about training and practicing medicine in regional Australia. There are hubs all across the country. To find out where your nearest training hub is, visit the link in the episode show notes or just search regional training hubs. And finally, this podcast was brought to you by Monash Rural Health presented by Patrick Laverick, that's me, and it was made possible by funding from the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Program at the Commonwealth Department of Health. Mm-hmm.